Hey, Chris, do you like us so far? <laughs> I do. I really like you. Thank you for calling me um, uh, good-looking, implying that I was good-looking. That's very nice of you. Brunch! Hit it, boys! Mayor Sizen. Mayor Sizen. It's Mayor Sizen. New John Mayer song, and it is fucking unbelievable. It is so good. 200% the best song I've heard in a while. Okay. That's that's very lofty Actually, praise. Actually, that's not true. Like, the, the, this has got to be Janelle something. Janelle Monet, Casey Musgraves, Childish Gambino of all. What do you think of uh, America? Real? Uh, this is America real quick. Really good. That? Yeah. Yes, really it's good. Really, yeah. The yeah, video is amazing. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, no, I, I, I would put Mayor above uh, at least like Musgraves mm. and uh, Janelle Monet. I listened to like a half of that album. Yeah. It's very good, but what? this is better. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm like too far into my relationship with the Janelle Monet album <laughs> to say that something's better than it at this point. But I will say, this is, I didn't, I just knew that he had a new song coming out. I didn't know the direction it would take because uh, his last project, obviously, it's... it kind of went all over the place, which I really liked. Yeah. And, uh, I loved Still Feel Like Your Man, and I, I was hoping that this would have uh, some of that like funk, disco vibe that seems to be all the rage these days, Yeah, and it is. It's the fucking best. It sounds like Heim. It sounds like Tango in the Night, Fleetwood Mac, which sounds like Heim, and, uh, the fucking, but the guitar on it is so fucking good. It's like chic, uh, just really fucking awesome. I have nothing but good things to say about this Yeah, I'm, I really, really love it, and I'm surprised that I like it as much as I do because I felt like there was a good chance that I wasn't going to like it. One, because it's a, uh, it's a single very close to the release of, uh, of his last album. Like, what was, when did his album come out? Like, yeah. three months ago? Four months ago? Something like that? Yeah, know, like a year old. ago. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Damn. That's that's way longer than I expected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty close. Like we, we went we're to used see to like him. two years between music from him. Yeah. We went to see him in the good old days of brunch. And yeah, that, so that was, was good. <laughs> uh, and that was like, I don't know, like a month or two after the album came out. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, it's been a while, longer than I thought, but it's, it's, uh, it's good. And like, but he hasn't, I think maybe I was concerned because he hasn't announced like a new album. This is just like a detached single. Ah. So, uh, but the fucking, the artwork cover for it is very yeah. good. And just like the promo, the promo photo that he took for it is unbelievable. It's yes. like a very nineties. Oh my God. That picture. It's so good. That's so what is with it? Like between, it's not just mayor season. It's not just misty season. It's just unbelievable it's pictures season. of the artist season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Haim did a, sh- we could talk about that all day. The shoot that Haim did recently. Uh, the oh my Real God. Housewives of that the Valley. Sex all over the place. It's like a borderline nude. That of is. Them, which is, not, I never expected to I see don't that. Like, I, I, I don't like to call people sexy. It's just a weird fucking word. And I get called it so much that I just, I'm just kind of over it. But like, that's like a sexy ass shoot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, between the mayor photo, uh, the picture of, uh, the, the Father John Misty album cover, I guess, like the the fucking why God, why kind of look <laughs> yes. he has on his face. We should get portraits done like that. Hell yeah. I actually, uh, I tried to slide into John Mayer's DMs on Instagram yeah. uh, this week because I wanted to ask if he could send me a high-res file of that photo so that I could turn it into a poster and put it on my wall. Like, uh, that's how serious I am. To so which I hope he responded, he sells it. forwarding this to my merch people 
who are just going to make that into yeah. a poster Which, and sell again, it. Again, I'm fine with that. I'll yeah. buy it. Yeah. But like I, I want a high res available at some point and uh That actually would be great for art. That yes. would be just like a fucking great piece of art. I want to get put that in a museum. There was I think I've probably said this before. There was a and I need to stop saying that because we've all said things before. <laughs> yeah, we, and, and of this course po- we repeat ourselves. Podcast by is now. just us rambling for like three years at this point. Everything right. that How we've said, we everything that we say, minds? we've talked about this John Mayer song already, and it's come out f- three minutes <laughs> yeah. ago. This is yeah, everything's just fucking repeat uh, rerun. But there was a uh, in a coffee shop near the garden where I used to go uh there was this black and white painting and it was just of this woman like i think she was smoking a cigarette or blowing cigarette smoke or something but it was black and white she was a woman so uh kudos to me um like i'm not putting up a picture of a man in my and that, that, that sounds homophobic Problem, but I'm problematic saying, right no but it'd be problematic if my art was of a man uh but this was art of a woman and she was uh doing something with a cigarette i don't know uh and the only color in it was uh her red lips which sounds that doesn't sound that exciting but it was so fucking cool and i remember thinking i would like to buy that i know i can't buy it i can't afford it uh even if it's like one dollar, I just don't have one dollar. But man, and I've I've Googled every now and then. I Google like art, woman, black and white, cigarette, and th- there's a lot of art like that. But it's just not like that one. Yeah. I I see. I I I I'm I'm trying to get into art. I'm becoming an adult. Yeah. Uh, I have an apartment that with that is very bare bones now. He's you've got a mustache. I've got a mustache. I'm working on the adult stuff. I bought a uh, plant. Speaking this of week. which, um, cool mustache. Uh, does it come in uh, actual mustache? <laughs> Fuck off, <laughs> brunch! Hit it, boys! Uh, you have you have a beard right now. You're growing out the beard, mm. but if you shaved the rest of the beard, my mustache would be better than your mustache. I'm doing right it now. for the mustache. Okay. Uh, I actually don't think that's true. I think that it would it's be pretty close. Uh, right. At the very least, it would be close. I think that I would just have you because uh, the it's darker. Yeah. Like my. I need to get this uh, colored or something. Yeah. You. Should I mean we we talk about? It. I said when we do mustaches, let's by all means be willing to fucking to go d- in on to the do to be on the juice. All means necessary. Yeah, like let's get a little fucking eyeliner and fill it in here and there. People do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. I'm down with that. Yeah, whatever helps. Whatever helps. I'll take whatever PEDs necessary. Right. For my, let's be on the for hims. Yeah. Well, I bet. I bet. I bet hims uh, has. Hair growing supplements. And I, I think that hair growing supplements are, uh, I think that you know what that is? A scam? That's uh, snake oil. <laughs> oh, no. And we you are. Buy it at a gas station then. <laughs> on the snake oil. Yeah, we do not buy our snake oil from a gas station. Speaking of that, which, that was a nice little segue you set up. Um, that was my uh, big talking point, my question I had because I was on my way over here and went to get gas, got some gas on my hands. Uh, how much gas can you get on your hands? And follow-up question, it's essentially the same exact question, how much gas can you put in your mouth? <laughs> that is not the same question. Well, that's your concern when you got gas on your hands. Like, fuck, at some like, point, this like is going to get in my mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea, to be honest. I would say whatever you can do to limit the amount of gas that's going I know on that your you, skin you, you, or in your mouth yeah you, for sure in your mouth you don't want that in your mouth right but that's why that's why i ask because <laughs> inevitably at some point if you're a guy's guy like me you're gonna get gas on the hands it's just a fucking uh how did that happen a, uh, by the way it's an occupational hazard when you live by <laughs> my rock and roll kind of lifestyle <laughs> 
You're gonna get a little gas on your hands. That's how did that, got. How did that happen? I make a. There's. We're gonna have a new song out very soon called uh, "Gas on Your Hands." It'll that, essentially be the same a, song as uh, Brad Paisley "Mud on the Tires." <laughs> gas yeah. on the hands. So you, we're gonna, girl. If you come with me, we're gonna get gas on the hands. This love is gonna ignite. <laughs> okay. How did that happen? You explain it, please. That's not bad. Uh, so I'm writing a song. Shut up. Uh, how did it happen? Yes. <laughs> um, I was getting gas, and uh, it wouldn't come out, and something was wrong with the pump. There was like a, it was like a, like a chunk sound, mm. and a backup. Uh, eventually, yeah. all of this gas starts flying out, <laughs> and before I know it, I am covered in gasoline, and I got in the car and just drove straight home without realizing. Now, now my whole car and my clothes stink of gasoline so i got home wait is this took off serious the clothes. yeah you're covered in gasoline yeah took off the clothes and just threw them on my living room floor <laughs> and got in the shower and now my whole home smells like gas <laughs> you you really didn't uh, approach this i guess there's like no other really real way where you can approach this where you just like you covered yourself in gas mm-hmm. and then you were upset that your car smelled like gas because you got in your car mm-hmm. and then you went in your house and then you were ex- upset that your house smelled like gas like what did you think was gonna happen boy walter sure could have used you huh what I just I pivoted while telling my story and made it the excuse that Walter gives uh, what's Walter White's Skyler? wife's name Skyler when Jesse almost when Jesse tries to burn the house down and gets gas all over the place and he needs to have an excuse as to why the house smells like gas so he says you I was at the, the gas same? station oh, and God. there was this chunk and then like he used the word chunk and then he says and then the next thing I know I'm covered in gasoline so I, I get in the car and I go I'm not realizing now the whole car smells like gas and blah, blah. and it's this like elaborate excuse as to why he smells like gas uh, um, I thought that once I said chunk you would I, I'm how many times so have you watched Breaking Bad uh, I think I've only watched it once all the Whoa, way through yeah okay. so I'm very that's detached me. that's on me okay um, was, what actually happened was I was just <laughs> fucking getting gas and some got on my hand that happens all the time it's way worse of a story yeah I know not nearly <laughs> as exciting um, there's no meth it happens production. all the time you don't get gas on your hand sometimes no when you're gas? it's pretty easy to avoid getting gas on yourself so s- sometimes you don't get gas on your hand I don't I think it's been years since I've gotten gas on myself uh that's ridiculous. No, I didn't get gas. So I need to clarify. <laughs> the story I just told was not actually what happened. I did not get gas on my fucking <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. There was no chunk. I just got like a teeny little bit. Sometimes it's when you're screwing the cap back yeah, on. Okay. Sometimes, I get that. Sometimes you got to like hold it a certain way. It just, I just got like a little bit of gas on my hands. And uh, so I went inside to... Uh, to wash my hands in the gas station because I was like, I'm not fucking going through my day with gas. It'll end up in my mouth. Yeah. So <laughs> I ended up, I ended up actually kind of buying a lot of stuff when I was in there. I got coffee. I got a bottle of water. I bought some peanuts. I was like, fuck, gas stations should make it so people get gas on their hands more often and force people to go in and wash their hands because they're going to buy a lot of shit. Sounds like you're fucking in love with gas stations. You should just move to Pennsylvania because it's all fucking people in Pennsylvania talk about is gas really? stations. Wawa and Cheats. Oh yeah, they it's do talk so about fucking Wawa annoying. All the time. It's Ugh. like that that whole debate about what's better. It's like shut the fuck up and stop eating food at gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what's better? People who don't eat gas station yeah. food, like us, people who aren't from Pennsylvania. You fucking freak. Speaking of Pennsylvania, bye Sixers. Bye bye. 
Yes, I uh, I do get it. Get it? The Boston Celtics beat the 76ers. Beat them. Fucking smoked them. No five confetti. Games. Suck my dick. They're fucking way done. Uh, the one game that I, I watched. There was no confetti. I watched uh, I watched game five last mm. night, and it was good. No confetti was the I don't think about you at all move. Yes, yeah. love that. Like why would don't we, even need to troll? Why would we? Why would we troll you? You this have nothing to easy. do with this anymore. You're done. You're you're out of here. Uh, speaking of basketball, mm. we have uh, our friend Chris Gethard on the show. Yes, today. Uh, on the fucking program, he has a show on True TV that's fucking great. Especially recently, has been fucking wild. Uh, True TV in general has really fucking brought the heat. If well, we end up it's getting a comedy sh- comedy uh, network now, yeah. I it's, like their tagline. It's funny because it's true. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty well, good that's, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry he's doing another season. Fucking, it's it's great. Uh, and he was also in Don't Think Twice, which yep. was like one of my pillar, uh, this gave this gave DJ one of his like, oh, I'm I'm connecting with this thing, and now uh, like this is like it, this it is struck a part me, of my it, life now. Yeah, <laughs> it struck me, it, it hit my depression bone, but in a good way, and uh, as we, uh, kind of got into our uh, Chris Gethard obsession I-, I didn't realize that his one man show was basically if you like if you liked I tweeted this if you liked Bible webisodes that is like a six million times better version yeah. of that he it's just a one man show with him talking about his experience with uh, being suicidal being depressed uh, getting on uh, meds and trying different ones and which ones worked and which ones didn't and if other hilarious ever, stuff yeah and if you've ever tried, uh, if you've ever like gotten on medication, whether it's like SSRIs or whatever, you might have some stories like him. I do. I don't fucking share those stories, and the fact that he did is both hilarious and like wow, good for him. Yeah, so it's uh, it's an HBO special called uh, Career Suicide. Yes, and it is very very good. And it's I said this during the interview, but like it really perfects the like emotional roller coaster because there are points where you're like fuck i'm gonna cry watching him tell this story right now mm-hmm. and then seconds later you're laughing yeah because he turns it into like a hilarious thing which is that is the most impressive uh accomplishment in the world to get somebody on the verge of crying and yeah. then uh, on the verge of tears laughter seconds later wild uh, stuff working at a television place has also made me uh like to, I feel like I'm like an intern at a recording studio, kind of, where I can, uh, like, I've seen enough stuff going on. I don't necessarily know what any of it is, but I can kind of pretend yeah. that I know now. Yeah, you have, so, like, reference points. Yeah, so, like, I could be, like, uh, for example, uh, the the show uh, AP Bio that we watch mm-hmm. is... Uh, quite polarizing for its uh, presentation because yes. of its color grading. Mm-hmm. And when people were like, because people hate that. Yeah. People like hate the color yeah. grading on that show. Well, I saw I saw Adam Hart, our friend Adam Hart. He loves like, it. He, I love it too. Yeah, so do I. So do I. And I basically, uh, I provided a uh, uh, an explanation why I think that it's color graded the way that it is. And I don't Make know if it he's... seem cold? Yeah, well, yeah, because the, the main character is very cold. Yeah, but also that it takes place in a school, and like in schools, the uh, the what's called the fluorescent lighting oh. is very very harsh. Yes. Oh yeah. So, but like when I I saw there was like a news story, that, or maybe I saw it on Reddit, and it was like we have to talk about how, how bad it is, right? Like <laughs> how bad the color grading on AP Bio is. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, I know. Just when I see that this says color grading. 
I I know what that is. So um, the reason I mentioned that is like now when I watch it, it's kind of like when I listen to music, and because I'm like I'm familiar enough with music that I'm like, oh, I this is why this song works. This is why it's this like, song doesn't stuff. When I watch the fucking one man special that he has, or the one man show that he has, I'm like, fuck, man, this is shot unbelievable. Like that, there, it zoomed. It like it gets really close at the points where he's like most vulnerable and where like he's about to cry and it's it's just incredibly fucking done you you have to have to have to have to watch it yeah i uh i did watch it and i really really enjoyed it uh also the chris gethard show on true tv is a chaotic mess but like in the best way possible that's what he wants it to be yeah i think that he's such uh i say this in the, i think that he's such a good host because he uh in in improv, they call it editing, where it where someone runs across the stage to essentially end the scene, yeah. and it's on the people in the scene for one of them to kind of step up and say, "Okay, this is over now." And it can be a little, uh, it can be a little controversial. It can be a little upsetting, like if you. Uh, if you end the scene before someone like, uh, was going to make another joke yeah. or someone thinks like, oh, man, I'm killing it. Like, say if I were uh, if, if I were killing it in a scene and uh, you end it because you think like this is a gr- like this way we make the scene 100 percent awesome. I might be like, why the fuck did you end that when I was killing it? Yeah. You know, so there's that kind of thing. And it's it's only some people like you have to have like a good mind for it. And I think that his when he's hosting is fucking awesome because like it, it the most recent episode uh we, we, we'll talk about it with him uh they all two of the people are high two of the four people are high and you have to guess who's high so they're going through these different things and these different exercises and there were so many points at which the the joke could have kept going and he just has the fucking balls to end it when it's really funny so i, I don't know I, i've always noticed that uh with his shit so he's great let's just let's just jump into it Joining us now is Chris Gethard. Chris, right off the top, I just want to say I think that you're a very handsome man. Love your look. You've got an inner tricep tattoo, which is something that I've always wanted to have. you got the text peeking out. And you, you always have cool glasses. And just these days with how expensive glasses can be, it's like glasses shouldn't cost as much as a freaking iPhone. And I know that you're familiar with Warby Parker probably, but their prescription glasses, they start at $95, and that includes prescription lenses. Warby Parker makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free. What? Yeah, that's right. Their try-home uh, home program allows you five pairs of glasses shipped directly to your door where you can try them on in the comfort of your own home. Try the frames. See which ones you like before sending them back in a prepaid return label. No obligation to purchase. I used them, and DJ told me which ones he thought I looked handsome in. Yeah, summer's coming up, and Warby Parker sunglasses start at just $95, Chris. So head over to warbyparker.com slash brunch and join Pete and the thousands of others who have made themselves easy on the eyes with Warby Parker. That's warbyparker.com slash brunch. Hey, Chris, do you like us so far? <laughs> I do. I really like you. Thank you for calling me... Um uh, good looking, implying that I was good looking. That's very nice of you. Yeah, in all seriousness, you actually are kind of uh, like a tattoo reference for me because I've always wanted an inner tricep tattoo with a little text peeking out of like a t-shirt sleeve, and that's exactly what you have. But my concern when getting it is that I don't have like big muscular go to the gym arms. I just have kind of a normal person arm like you do. So you uh, are you're a very good guide for that. So congr- thank you. <laughs> Very happy to be here and be part of your uh, journey through life. Yes. That's a Smith's tattoo, isn't it? 
It is. It is. It's a lyric from the Smiths. You're a huge Smiths guy. One of my questions actually was how you uh, reacted to their placement in 500 Days of Summer because the Smiths seem like a band where their fans would be territorial, but I actually bet they aren't. Uh, I think Smiths fans are pretty territorial, but the sense I got was that that one didn't offend too many Smiths fans. Like, uh, I think, you know, a coming of age. throwback movie that's just about two people falling in love and the Smiths is the trigger for it. I had no problem with that. Quite enjoyed it. Yeah, and I'm a big Pixies guy and I like just freaked out when he was singing uh, Here Comes Your Man in It. But uh, how are you? Your show rules and you have a book coming out. Thanks. Yeah, I, I tell you, I'm doing pretty good. Feeling pretty good about life right now. This week on your show on True TV, you did a thing called Pot Brownie Roulette where you and three others, Nicole Byers, Sashir Zameda, and Shannon O'Neill, each ate a brownie, two of which were pop brownies, and you had to guess who was high. Uh, you were one of the high people. As the host, were you at all, like, once you realized you were high, were you like, oh, fuck, or was it okay because Shannon was so clearly so much more high than anyone's ever been that there was no pressure? <laughs> no, it was, I, I, was, I was not thrilled. I was not thrilled. We were actually... You know, I, I don't imbibe very often, once every few years, maybe. Um, but it was just such a funny idea that I was like, I think we got to go for this one. <laughs> and we, you know, we actually took a helicopter to Massachusetts because it's legal there. We wanted to do everything legally. And, you know, we ate the brownies, and I was told, like, oh, it'll probably take, like, between 60 and 90 minutes to kick in. So we ate them, and we got back on the helicopter home. And I would say 25 minutes later, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> I was oh, going to ask. this is going to be a long night of television. This is bad. <laughs> I really just had that in my head all the time. I can also tell you honestly that I do not remember the large bulk of what happened during really? the taping. Really? Sometime around the Minotaur, my brain just shut down. It was fucking awesome. I mean, there was an ice cream social taking place. An iguana was in the mix. Uh, Minotaur yeah, came through. Uh, Shannon just had no sense or regard or care for anything that was going on like when it was her turn to speak she was like it's i don't care whose turn it is well, i'm going that's what i was going to ask because i was going to ask when it hit in when it hit you because like in the first 10 seconds i was like oh yeah this guy's high and then when the ice cream social happened and there was ice cream in your face your your entire body and presence just completely shut down <laughs> and i was like yep this guy is for sure one of them at what point were you like oh crap I, I I can say on the hel- I don't know if it was like the increased altitude of the helicopter just made everything kick in hard and fast, but <laughs> I went from being t- a totally reasonable, regular human being to all of a sudden just feeling like whoosh come over my body. So I mean I knew, you know, while we were still in the air heading back into New York that I was really in trouble and. I definitely had a few moments backstage where I was like, I can't go out there on live television right now. And then I remembered that the show has my name on it. And I'm the only one who really has to. My uh, my favorite part of it actually was when you're eating the ice cream. <laughs> and, uh, you said, Shannon and Minotaur, can you just chill out and let us eat this ice cream? Because they were fighting. And the, the Minotaur was just so great. And she was so high. And you were like, I just need everything else to, to stop right now. Uh, you said that you don't smoke a lot of pot. Uh, was that your first time doing edibles? Because I'm fucking terrified of doing edibles. No, I've actually been, I did edibles a couple of years ago at my friend's wedding in Colorado. I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've dabbled over the years. I, I find, I find the whole idea of smoking anything and hanging smoke close with me more than eating a cookie. Um, but I do also understand that it's a much more 
sort of like punches you in the face type of experience. Yeah. I don't... So, yeah, I've eaten edibles from time to time. Uh, so you you don't do a lot of drugs, but how often are you offered them? Because we don't we find that being offered drugs is actually cooler than doing them. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I don't get offered drugs all that often. I think I think I, everybody knows. I think a lot of my fans know that I don't drink, so a lot of people mm. just are very respectful and keep some distance with that. But I would agree with you to, to even get included in in uh in that it's such an honor to have people think I'm cool enough to do drugs when in fact I'm just completely nervous all the time and terrified of it. Well, you must hide it well because nobody wants to fucking do drugs with somebody that they think is unhinged. Nobody's yeah. like nobody's going up to like a crazy person on the street being like, "Yeah, let's hang out Unless with that guy." Unless they want that to be part them. of the drug, like <laughs> yeah. like that's their drug is lo- is life. Like I'm gonna fucking roll the <laughs> dice with this shit right now. Yeah, yeah, I like how you guys think. Yeah, uh, dude, uh, your one-man show is fucking unbelievable. Um, we're going to push that so fucking hard on people because uh, like the, the one episode of our show that, that people actually liked was one where we, like, for once kind of like, got serious and talked about uh, mental illness and shit like that. And I find it fucking so hard to ever like kind of knock down that wall and articulate it how just from a standpoint of being t- able to like access that stuff how difficult was that to write not in a, not in like a, ooh this is hard to talk about but just like i don't know execute just, it yeah. in a way cuz it, it the find that the thing that i found like fascinating was that you would go from like looking like you were about to cry mm. like and like making me about to cry and then laughing 2 seconds later yeah i mean that was the the tough part was actually you know like you know, it, it was hard to get over the hump and start talking about all the mental health stuff publicly just because it is very stigmatized and everything. Mm. But once I dove into it and committed to doing it, I think the hardest part was actually, you know, I am a comedian. I got to get laughs. I got to try it. You know, I, I don't think, uh, you know, there there are people with facts and figures and research and training who would be much more well-equipped to give something akin to a TED Talk. What I have the ability to do is maybe make some jokes about this stuff in a way that they can help. So... I will tell you that made it hard because bombing is always hard. As a comedian, you bomb. There's no way around it. You're going to have some nights where you miss. But bombing when you're opening up about the saddest, darkest things about your real life is like a particular brand of loneliness that I never knew before that project. It's just like when you go out and you have the conversation, that's hard. People respect it. But when the jokes bomb on top of that, man, that those were tough nights. So how how nerve wracking was it to do that uh, do that special, knowing kind of that that was on the line? It was really nerve wracking. You know, it, it was overwhelming. Um, and I think you know, one of the things that was so overwhelming that that actually helped get me through it was people would pretty quickly when I started talking about that stuff on stage, people would wait for me after the shows and just say, you know, oh, I. Uh, I, I deal with the same thing and you're really that you're saying stuff that sounds really true to me. And that made me keep going. And then getting people would come up and say, you know, like I have a brother who's bipolar and I've never really understood him. And I think I get him a little more now. It's like, wow, that's, you know, that's, that's a lot, you know, that's a lot more gratifying than like the usual dick jokes that I make on stage, you know, like the usual self deprecating stories that I tell. So it was really hard, but also extremely gratifying. And, uh, and I think, you know, like, um, even, you know, so many different people in so many different corners of, of the public world have now 
started going, like seeing DeMar DeRozan, seeing Kevin Love mm-hmm. open up about this stuff too, just in the sports world. It's like, oh, this is becoming a thing that's just becoming progressively more okay to talk about. And I'm I'm really proud to have been part of that movement. Has that made you, and you're right, I mean, it's just, there's like a lack of how many things are said about it, because not every time someone talks about mental health or their experience with depression or anxiety or suicidal thoughts, whatever, not every time is, or not not every word is necessarily going to click with somebody, but it's that in the 90-minute special, like the three or four sentences that, that you like rewind and you were like, yes, fuck yes, like that's exactly, I know exactly what that person's talking about, um... Has it has doing that like made you more of like an open book? Because I mean, I know people who, definitely myself included, sometimes you can talk about it, and then sometimes you're just one thousand percent like that's off limits, that's shut down. Yeah, it's you know, I tell you, it, it, it's it's a very interesting thing. In, in some ways, I feel like the the special itself was the ultimate example of me being an open book. I've actually, I would say, once the special came out. I almost had to shut it down a little bit because the floodgates opened so hard. I mean, if you could look into my, if you could take a look at my Facebook inbox right now, you'd go, holy shit, dude. Like it's just thousands of messages from people who were telling me their stories of depression, of suicide attempts, of losing people. So it actually led to a, sort of like a tidal wave of very, very intense communication. And I'm, you know, extremely flattered that people uh, are willing to open up or feel like I'm someone they can open up to, but it's also almost impossible for me to just emotionally take all of that out. Um, so because of that, I almost think I actually had to close the door a little bit and become a little less of an open book after the special came out because it was it was so overwhelming to take it all on. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. I mean, it, it's. I, I would imagine, in a sense, you become almost like the the priest in the the confessional now like it's in kind of the only confessional that exists that's a priest sitting in there right i would think so yeah, yeah. something like that I don't think yeah I, when it's not something really scary <laughs> is happening yeah yes something really, really going down uh you've got a book coming out in october right yeah it's called october 16th lose well uh what do we need to know about the book how much of it is is funny how much of it is you know the stuff that you've you've dealt with in terms of personally, uh, what do we need to know? Well, I think it's a really funny book. A lot of stories in there. It's you know, basically you know, uh, a, lo- a lot of times I don't know if it's just because I'm kind of like a dude from North Jersey or if it's because I am someone who's like yeah, depressed all the time. But I-, I get a lot of people who approach me and are like, yeah, you know, like you really have all those limitations, but you kind of went for it anyway, and I want to go for it too. You got any tips? So. It- this book is basically a book that my goal is that if you're someone out there who, you know, nobody believes in or you don't even believe in yourself, but you've kind of got this dream and you've got goals and you haven't gone for them. I want this to be the book where you read it, where you're like, screw it. I'm just going to go for it. You know, like that's, that's really what I'm looking for is sort of like a kick in the pants for people to go out there and just try to actually maybe chase their inner demons or, or, or chase their dreams a little bit. And uh, so much of it is just about, you're going to feel like a loser along the way. You got to fail. Failure is an important thing. You got to embrace it. Failure can actually be a very positive thing in your life if you let it. And uh, I really just want to kind of try to get that message out there. There are, un- until I saw career suicide, there were two th- projects 
um, in like the past five years, I don't know, that kind of gave me that, like, oh, I totally connect with this thing. One of them is uh, the show You're the Worst, where they just very casually work in that, like, one of the characters is depressed and they're not over the top with it. And the other one was Don't Think Twice. Like, after I saw Don't Think Twice, I was like, I need to see that five more times, but I don't know if I can actually sit through it five <laughs> more times because it's just – I. I I don't have that exact like improv uh, experience or whatever, but everyone has fucking been through that. Whether it's, I mean, we're both in the media, and there's kind of that sensation of someone you know uh, starts to get really successful, and just because of the way everything's structured, you're just made to feel like, fuck, this means that I'm not good enough. How was it fucking being in that, especially as a comedian who's undoubtedly experienced that a million times? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was I was on an improv team with Bobby Moynihan when he got the uh, SNL job. He was one of my best friends, so I think more than anyone else in the cast, I had actually lived through the experience of that movie in a very real way. Um, it definitely felt less like acting to me and more just like reenacting uh, 2007, you know, and I just saw all my friends getting hired for these big jobs, but... We've all been there, right? Everybody has that feeling where you like look out the window and you're like, oh, my neighbor's driving a nicer car than I am. How come they got a pool in their backyard and I don't? And you start to start, you know, start to really question how come everybody else seems to get what they want and I never do. And uh, I think my my new book will hopefully uh, go a long way towards making people kind of laugh about those feelings and maybe feel some motivation to 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 show some sense of agency and overcome them. Yeah, I, I, I definitely still do that a lot. I just think, like, I don't know, it's like a very George Harrison-esque thought, but I think that at the end of the day, if I could fucking have anything, it would just be peace of mind. So when I see that other people, if they have a better car or whatever, if, like, by luck they happen to be better looking than me or anything like that, <laughs> I'm like, I don't necessarily oh, oh, oh. even know how they feel. Like, they could be in the fucking worst shape in the world. So And also just, like, opportunities like that don't, always go to the better person yeah. or, or like the better uh, performer yeah uh, sometimes it's just a mistake on the by the people in charge right like, pete and i are both relatively successful in our fields and we're not good at anything <laughs> yeah. i feel the same as that i also feel like a lot of times you, you chase these things where you're like I, I, I can just get that opportunity then i'll be golden and then you get it and you're like oh this brings with it its own levels of stress and yeah. pressure that i never dreamed of so i always thought this is the mountaintop it's pretty uh, isolating and cold and lonely at the mountaintop sometimes too. So a lot of, I think a lot of these things are telling them that at the end of the day, it's like you got to fix whatever is internal and you got to come to grips with who you are and not convince yourself these sort of ego-driven external accomplishments are going to solve problems anyway because it really stings when they don't. Did you, uh, did you do the thing when Bobby Moynihan hit it big of like the – He's Fuck really Bobby not Bobby that funny. Moynihan. Like, like I'm, I'm obviously happy for him, love him, but he, he's not that funny. And now he's starting to act like an asshole. And I don't know how his head got so big. Did you like when in reality, God knows who, how he was actually acting? No, that's one of the. It's funny because you know it's comedy fans who kind of know the theater that I came out of and know that Bobby and I work together. They'll say like, "Oh wait, that movie's about you." And I'm like, "No, I mean, there's pieces of me in there." But one of the major differences is that. Bobby and I actually got closer as friends and and uh, had each other's back so hard. And there were times where SNL was stressing him out and I was the guy he'd call. And there were times where I couldn't, I felt like I was banging my head against the wall. And I remember having a, a conversation with him that really saved me with him going, dude, like, 
I had just been on a sitcom that struck out, and he was like, I could have gotten that, and you could have gotten SNL. We were both good enough after a certain point. I just got luckier, and I was like, you're the man, Bobby. You're the man. So, you know, and don't think twice. That was a relationship spiral to the point where people were punching each other in the face. I've never uh, thrown a punch at Bobby or had him throw a punch at me, and I hope I never do. You uh, Speaking of improv, I mean, a lot of people who do improv are naturally good on podcasts and TV and shows and shit like that. But my takeaway whenever I watch you host anything is that you're such a good host. And I think it's because of improv, because you're and this is me paying you a compliment, I suppose uh, your editing skills are fucking impeccable. Like you never let a joke get too old and you know how to kind of move on when it's at a high note with us. We, we like to do it like a couple extra minutes and then enough time has passed from where the joke was good. <laughs> that it then gets to the point where we can reflect on how good the joke <laughs> used to be a few minutes ago. Right. Right. And now you're caught in that situation where they're hearing your sort of your only option is to air out your own internal monologue about how you, have let this one go on too long and, and pray that that saves it. I've been there so many times. I, I mean, I think... Go on, sorry. I think you know, being on, both as an improviser and as a stand-up, like just being on stage in front of crowds who are like, I paid money for this and you better get it right. You can feel that pressure just thousands of times of that. I, well, I, I would say that in your case now, hopefully, I mean, it's to the point where if you're in town, we're buying tickets to go because we like you. So even if you're not that good, we're going to fucking lie to our friends and say that you were unbelievable. So that must be a nice little feather in the cap. I would love it. I mean, I would love if I had a, a large legion of fans who were just willing to lie to their friends in order to make me money. That would be an amazing thing. But then you would get, then actually, you know, I'm realizing then you would become, you'd get like the Father John Misty kind of vibe of like, do you even like me? Do you even <laughs> care about me? I'm just, I'm going to fucking make shit now and see how you react. And also, oh, like, he can't make shit. He's so fucking. Good. And also just the fact that like, as a performer, you must know like when you have an off night and how, how much does that sit with you, especially now with the TV show and it being live and like how often do you you like walk away and you're like oh fuck that wasn't that good and it, how much does that bother you for and for how long I would say that still happens probably like a solid third of the time <laughs> like one out of three times that I perform for public I walk away like oh god why did I do that I mean I think uh, I think that that's one of the beautiful things about stand up more than any other type of comedy is it just happens so often that you have to learn I, I kind of feel like, you know, developing a thick skin is probably an even more important skill than being funny in your early days as a stand-up because just learning how to own that feeling and walk away from it and not go completely insane is a huge skill. So it's tough, especially with the TV show. If I have a week where I'm like, oh, I missed the mark. That one wasn't our best. That's tough because you only get so many chances at that. But luckily, I mean, I bomb... I've been doing comedy in New York for 18 years now, and I still bomb every week. A week doesn't go by where I don't bomb on stage. So, you know, New York knows how to keep you humble that way, and, and that does help me sort of look forward and, and try to move forward and not get too caught up in things. What's your absolute worst bombing story? <sighs> I mean, there's been so many. Uh, I, I, there was... There was uh, I mean, there was one time in Philadelphia where a guy took a copy of my book, lit it on fire, and threw it at me while I was on stage. <laughs> but Philly, they go hard. When they don't like you in Philly, they really let you know. But Jesus. But that guy brought a copy of the book to the show 
in hopes that you had were going to bomb and then he lit it on fire? My my hope is that he brought it because he really liked me and wanted me to sign it for him. But then the show went so awry that the only option in his mind was to burn me an effigy and then fling it across a room at me. So was that guy seemingly a smoker? Because like, he also had uh, matches or a lighter or some way of lighting something on fire. Unless he was like... This is going to go one of two ways. Both involve the book. We're either using the pen or we're using these matches. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great question. It's a great question. All I know is you got to bring it hard when you go to Philadelphia. That's really all I know. Yeah, Can't mess around down there. Bring your A game. Philly fans are fucking creative, Matt. Uh, you're a, are you still a big basketball fan? I am. Well... How about them Boston Celtics? What do you think? They're in the big the, the big kinda, games. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just it, it, I think it's really incredible that with all those injuries that they have managed to pull it off. I find it baffling, and then it's even more baffling that Stevens didn't get one Coach of the Year vote. I huh? was just about to say, like, talk about some fucking don't think twice, uh, like sassy jealousy going on. They didn't fucking give him one vote. That is the most pissy. Like, everyone talks about how petty the players are. There is nothing more petty than, than fucking that. Not giving clearly one of, like, I don't know, at worst, the top, like, two, three coaches in the league, one vote. What a bunch of babies. Big time, yeah. And I don't know why they want to give him and that team bulletin board material right now. It doesn't seem like they need it. But he handles it in the most fucking mature way uh, that anybody could ever handle it. He's like, well, I'm just glad to that I'm one of 30. And it's like, no, yeah. get pissed. Yeah, yeah, but don't you think behind closed doors he's like sitting down all those guys and he's like, no one respects us. Let's go teach them. Like, like don't you feel like behind closed doors he's not as gracious? I feel like Brad Stevens behind closed doors can be like a real psycho. Hmm. I, the, he has that true. quiet, quiet rage. The about worst him. thing that has ever happened to me. So I'm a huge, huge Jason Tatum fan. And uh, one game, you know how sometimes you can hear uh, what the players are saying on the court, not not in like a mic'd up way, but you can just hear them yelling. And sometimes like the occasional F word will squeak through, and you're like, Haha, I just I just heard the guy swear on TV. Uh, the Celtics were on defense, and you could hear clear as day Brad Stevens yell, Jason compete and i was like oh no he's fucking yelling at my beautiful beautiful boy it was the worst fucking feel in the world but the funniest thing was the other day i was a game three they showed late in the game they uh the celtics called a timeout and they showed brad stevens writing on the board and like scheming and you're like oh fuck sixes are fucked and a couple minutes later, the Sixers called a timeout, and they just did that, like, naturally. They just did that, like, same shot of Brett Brown. And the, the bar was at, at, like, we all just fucking loudest laughs in the world. Like, imagine acting like that's fucking intimidating. What's Brett Brown going to do? Yeah, it's a different story with Stevens, right? It's a different story. What are, are you, a Knicks like fan or what? I am. I'm cursed to be a Knicks fan. It's really, uh, it has, it's... It's not even funny anymore. It stopped being yeah, fun a while say. ago, and now it's not even funny. Talk about comedy. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, like people used yeah. to make fun of the Jets, and like they just stopped making fun of the Jets a long time ago because it's like, how many times can you make the same joke? Like, oh man, well, they they sure are d- d- dis- dysfunctional. <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah, yeah, they've 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 seemingly yeah, been that way for a while. Well, it stops becoming funny once like the fans lose hope and they're in on the joke. Yeah, and yeah. it's just sad. 
It is. It, it's been really brutal for years. And I had to say, too, I really loved Carmelo when he was here, and people used to talk bad on him, and I'd be like, no, you, I watch all the games. You don't know what you're talking about, isn't it? And then I watched him with the Thunder, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was just blind all those I years. I rooted for this guy. Yeah. I defended this guy. He, like, his Hall of Fame induction ceremony is going to be such a fucking bleak affair. <laughs> because he's like, because it's NBA Hall of Fame. Everyone fucking gets in, so he'll for sure be a Hall of Famer. And they'll be like, oh, right, man, you were so based good, on his but college fuck. year, and <laughs> yeah, his Olympic years, but holy shit, the rest of it has been depressing. Yeah, what a fucking bummer. Well, I guess the, uh, depression is a good place to to wrap it up. Chris, uh, <laughs> you are fucking awesome. Like, honestly, love all your shit. We were super fucking pumped that you were willing to come on with us. Uh, who are you rooting for in the uh, in the the conference finals and beyond? Ooh, I mean, it's really tough. You don't want to root for LeBron because it's a front runner choice. But I'm a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. I can't root Boston, so I got to root Cleveland on that. And then it's similarly tough because I don't want to root for Golden State because they're like the evil empire at this point. But James Harden to me is a supremely skilled and talented player who I do not want to watch just draw foul shots. So yeah. I guess I'm rooting Golden State. I guess I'm rooting Golden State and Cleveland, which is a boring choice. Yeah, I think that people. But if Boston slips through, I'll be pumped. Yeah. I, I can't root for a Boston team as a New Yorker, but I would be pumped. I just love that you've got the uh, thing that uh, a lot of like Canadians fans, uh, to make a hockey reference, they're like, ooh, I hate the Bruins, but I love Patrice Bergeron. Mm-hmm. I like that everyone's like, oh, I can't root for Boston, but that Brad Stevens, what <laughs> well, a nice boy. I mean, for the Celtics, there's there's like it's easier to root for them in the conference finals because you just know they're going to get the shit kicked and out of them in the finals. And you're saying that you're rooting against LeBron. You don't need to say that you're rooting for Boston. <laughs> so you can root for the Celtics. Just say that you're rooting for them in the conference final and they're going to get their ass kicked in the in the final. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right. All, All right, right, I'll do that. <laughs> uh, and, and also, uh, just quit. Does the the Warby Parker thing? Try it, man. <laughs> well, you know what's cool, Chris? We did, that wasn't even a, a read that we had. We just uh, made that up after we haven't done a read for Warby Parker in like ten months, and we were like. <laughs> Hey, what if we just opened it with like a long read and it sounded like salesman? <laughs> really landed the joke. Yeah, we're gonna edit yeah, some. Yeah, you, you laughed at enough points during this. Uh, probably it's something that maybe you were saying because we didn't say anything that funny. We'll edit it in so you'd sound like you were laughing the whole time. Like, ooh, these guys. Uh oh. Who? Wait, wait. Which one's the comedian here? Because these guys. <laughs> How about that? Well, I had a good time. I enjoyed myself, so thank you guys for that. Yeah. You, you, are... you must have the edit, but know that I did genuinely enjoy it. On the topic of uh, basketball, I just wanted to give a quick little update on my experience with uh, the Advanced Analytics podcast. Uh, I've always said that uh, when I haven't listened to Part of My Taken forever, I still love them, and I just I just don't fucking listen to podcasts. Um, but when Part of My Take was like really fucking heating up and getting awesome, I remember saying like, we we might need to choose to not listen to every episode because we like it so much that this might end up being a fucking Bleed Part of My it, Take yeah. uh, tribute podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally cool with this becoming an advanced <laughs> analytics tribute podcast because those guys are so fucking cool. Yeah, they're awesome. I actually did listen to Brad an episode Stevens. this week. Yeah, the accent is fucking and unbelievable. And now Twitter's taking Everybody tweets now about Brad Stevens. Oh, fuck yeah. Toronto Rip does. Um, so I, I think we, didn't, we don't have an ad read this week, mm-hmm. um, but 
Except for the one that we did that we forced into. That was not <laughs> again. Must stress that was they did not pay for that. No, but also the the URL still works. So if you want to go to warbyparker.com slash brunch and get your try on mm-hmm. kit, then go for it. Yeah. Um. But I like the idea of when we don't have ad reads, we should just like promote another podcast. Yeah. Not a bet. Yeah. We can. Uh, but do we still have the same rule where you can't swear? Uh. No. I don't think we've said that before because every time we've done it, we've just Sworn. scrapped that part. Yeah. But uh, we, uh, you can't swear when you do ads. You can on some of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Some don't care, but a lot of other ones are just like, don't swear during our ad read. Yeah, we've lost a lot. Because a lot of them will say, like, here are some talking points, but just make it your own. Make it good and make it your own. It's like... Hey, dick suckers! Do you like uh, glasses? Because oh man, did I well, say suck dick suckers? My dick. Yeah, right. Then, then uh, get the fuck out of here, you bunch of crybabies! Do you need contacts? Well, this is a swear. <laughs> do you need contacts to see my dick? Yeah. Well, then simplecontacts.com is the product for you. Uh, In all seriousness, I think that that's the most either of us have actually ever talked about dicks and i'm quite proud of that not yeah. like, like on or off the podcast i uh, in real life i honestly never i'm like hey folks i love uh, dick jokes they're great right like if oh, fart jokes and like i i i know some people who are okay farting in front of people i'm like god you fucking sign they'll fart and they'll be like guess what i just did and i'm like told me about a time you farted you fucking loser get out of here uh, uh so advanced but, analytics podcast yeah listen to it yeah there you go uh bad news for movie pass came out this week we've been monitoring this this one closely we've been monitoring the movie pass situation and from like the beginning from the very beginning we were like this, this is way too good to be true if this is not circling the drain yet it will be soon and folks it's we signed up in august right yeah august and, of 2017 yeah. which is later than i thought that and we come did to think of it it took me a while to learn how to use it because remember i had yes. location services off so well, it just didn't know where i was yeah and, and then it, when we got it in the mail and we saw that it came with directions we were both like Ugh, not this for me is, oh, we knew there was a fucking <laughs> yes. catch it could be ruining our credit for all we know and we're just like oh no it's two things but yeah we've loved movie pass it's i had a great experience with it i still i think it's a shady operation yeah. just gotta assume. i don't understand how it works at all but it recently said uh that it has 15 million dollars left so all of the things and it's operating at a loss of like 20 million per month just uh, so like, we thought that brunch was operating at the worst loss ever <laughs> where like when we started selling merch and then somehow we were like oh yeah we're losing money huh um we thought that, that like brunch was the worst business operation. God love you, Movie Pass. You are making us feel fucking terrific about ourselves. Um, but it's yeah, like it might for real be done like, soon, very soon. Soon, yeah. I mean, the CEO is promising that they're going to last through the year, but it, that does not seem plausible. With the CEO how almost operating. promised that it was going to be profitable. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, but yeah, like it, it is operating at like a, a a cost that it should be dead within a month. Which is wild, but like not unforeseen. Like going back to December mm-hmm. when they offered that year-long subscription thing, I was that member. Oh, I, yeah, I you bought into I that. Didn't. Yeah, I bought into that because it it's like, like a thing. Yeah, and I was like, there's got to be a catch here, and it is absolutely like the fact that they're trying to lock in people and yeah. then tweak the. Uh, tweak the um what is it called the oh the rules the rules and restrictions restrictions right um and they have but it's not enough to stop the bleeding so uh the movie pass thing could be coming to an end but we did just find out that they have a rival competitor yeah we are we're here to keep you updated on all this shit we talk about movie pass a lot 
on this podcast, off this podcast, we check in, like, how's, how's your movie pass situation going? Mm-hmm. And so if there is any news, we'll we'll probably have it. We do frequent searches, and the most recent one told us about that rival. It's called Cinemia. Cinemia, yeah. yeah. It's like a, a, a terrible it, name. No, it's very bad. Uh, the movie pass is a terrible operation. That's true. I, I would rather have a bad name that, that stays in business and allows me to watch my movies. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit... Um, more realistic. Yeah. Well, well, it's profitable. Yeah. Wouldn't you know it? Good business plan they've got going yeah. on there. Uh, it's what is it? Um, the like, most the, the most expensive package you can get is fifteen dollars a month, and it's three movies a month. Or you can do one that's five dollars a month, and you see one a month. So, so there's there's more like tiers for your yeah. level of uh, of movie. Honestly, going it's interest. more like class pass than anything else. What's class? Oh, that's the uh, the workout classes. Yeah. 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 Um, but they do have an unlimited sc- subscription, which is what MoviePass is. Okay. Um, and that's at the price of three and a half movies per month. Mm. So I don't know what it is in Europe because yeah. don't go to a lot of movies in Europe. Mm. Uh, but around here, I, I think like an average movie ticket is like 12 bucks, right? That seems fair. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how I did it when calculating how much money I've saved. Okay. Uh, so like 12 bucks. So three and a half, that's, uh, that's about 40 bucks a yeah. month, which again, would probably be worth That's it for me. That's definitely worth it. Yeah. But I think that I would do the I think I would do like the three movies per month one. For yeah. Fifteen bucks. Uh yeah, and then if you could change it from month to month, um I would just say like end of the summer. Oscar season. Right. End of the summer, uh change to unlimited so you can get a couple of months of being used to going to the movies all the time, and then once Oscar season hits, you've hit your stride and you're very comfortable with it. We uh, haven't talked about this, but uh, what's your level of interest in the new Jurassic World movie? Uh, whomst is in it? Is Dallas Price Howard in it again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that she's fucking lovely. Mwah. I yes. think that she's such a pretty person. Yes, she way is way better than Ron Howard. <laughs> What? That's her dad. Him? Wait, that, wait, what? Yeah, that's her dad, man. What? Yeah. Well, I guess it explains the, the red hair, but yeah. wow, that is good for him. And you know what they say about redheads? They Probably have red related hair. to Ron Howard. <laughs> yes, that's what they say about all of them. Yeah. Um, but no, like, what's your interest in it? Uh, hi, I'll see it. I, I've seen every Jurassic movie, Jurassic Park movie. I saw Jurassic Park 3 in theaters. I was like, down to see that shit. I don't see them a million times. Um, I should rewatch the original a few more times because I mean, just fucking. It was on TV this weekend. I watched Goldblum it. in that fucking leather jacket. He did not. He Jeff, Jeff Goldblum is not Jeff Goldblum now. Like in the old in the old ones. He's yeah, like, he was like make fun of Jeff Goldblum yes, guy. He is now. He, he has gotten way hotter with age. Yeah. Uh, speaking of leather jackets, uh, I was at the Celtics game last night. Uh, Portnoy was there, mm-hmm. and he was courtside wearing a leather jacket, and I was like. Man, never thought this before. Dave Portnoy looks pretty good right now. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's done problematic. The whole Tom, Tom Brady thing. It was it was pro- problematic that he looked good. Uh, <laughs> Why? I don't know. You just say say you mentioned Barstool. You have to say that it's yeah, okay. problematic. Uh, yeah, but like he, we're safe. But he is like the, he's like rich guy hot, where like he can afford to be hot. If he was if he was uh, one of us, yeah. Uh, by the common man for the common man. If, if he was, was, if if he was, was one back of, to being we've the... already seen what he looks like when he's a common commoner. Not yeah. great, um, but uh, yeah, no. Like I, I am, uh, I'm interested in Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to see it. Don't have high hopes. I didn't like the first one, and the second one doesn't look good to me. You didn't like Jurassic World? No. What? I didn't like it. Are you serious? Yeah. We were we. 
We had the podcast, I'm pretty sure. I don't think we did actually come to maybe think of we, it. Maybe we didn't speak of it. It was definitely not when we had any sort of schedule because I saw Jurassic World uh, during a week-long trip to, uh, actually, Austin, where we're headed. Uh, people, by the way, have asked. Uh, some people want to meet up with us in Austin when we go to Austin City Limits and have asked uh, which weekend we're attending. So uh, guess you're just going to have to guess right. <laughs> That is a wild uh, roll of the dice. Yeah, to go to Austin uh, on the off chance uh, that you might, might see, see us. two podcasters. Yes, yeah. Good luck, folks. By the way, uh, shouts to Katie Nolan. I realized recently that uh, her bio says I too have a podcast. Ooh, well, yeah. shouts to Katie Nolan for being a millionaire. That fucking sucks. What assholes people are. Yeah, that's a fucking dickish but I mean, thing. But it, it, it's that person's job to report on yeah but i don't know i i and there's uh, there is certainly public interest in that the reason that athletes salaries are public is so they can be compensated fairly because in like the early 90s you'd go to arbitration and you wouldn't fucking know how much the guy the other guy on your team makes and they would say hey uh here's five hundred dollars that's that's a fair contract and you find out the motherfucker on the line below you is making three million dollars whatever like that that information has to be public so it can be fair a lot of people in this business i promise neither of us are one of them unless i unless you're doing better than i thought um, i just moved out of my mom's basement like yeah, a, two, a week ago you've been sitting on that that million dollar salary <laughs> yes. for a few years but yeah no i i didn't necessarily take issue with the fact that like um that they made Katie Nolan's salary public because yeah. i think that if you're a public figure then there's going to be interest yeah for, on how much you make and that's always going to remain true so i don't have an issue with that most of the time i just like have a problem with the way that it was like framed where it's like yeah guess how much money Katie right. Nolan? why is, is she yeah like i mean it literally was Katie Nolan makes this much money and so, uh, why yeah and that's fucking dickish. I don't know. I under like I, like I, I understand it because I understand she's why not you being put used that to information the... out there. Where like you're doing a thing on Katie Nolan, you could say ESPN hired her with a seven figure deal, something like that. But instead, the story was Katie Nolan makes a million dollars. Yeah, and that's not like a man a woman thing. That's not. I just think that that's fucked up, and you're just positioning someone to, to be fucking judged in a weird fucking way yeah. like i i sent i sent katie a message i was like yo i think like i don't this isn't gonna make you feel any better but like all i see is fucking people talking about how much money you make and that makes me so fucking uncomfortable that sucks yeah no that i mean it really does suck for her because there's no way you win yeah like in that situation i guess I mean, it would be great if everybody knew that I was a millionaire, but like yeah. when the when it's like, hey, this person's a millionaire, and then everybody's reaction to it is like, fucking why? Yeah, then that's shitty. Yeah, it's just I, it's it's it I is just didn't, an li- I didn't like the way that people went uh, about it. Shouts to my friend Mike though, who called out the writer of that piece and said, uh, interesting that you said she makes a million dollars a year. Asked why and didn't. Uh, even make mention of her episode of Brunch because I think that would answer a lot of questions because that shit was fire. Um, So on the subject of MoviePass, uh, we wanted to look back on everything that we've seen so far because I'm going to fucking run this shit into the ground. The issue is, as we said, only bad movies are out right now. It's kind of a dull time in uh, movie time, but maybe what's it called comes out soon, right? When does Book Club come out? Uh, It's got to be soon, right? 
Uh, I don't know, but shouts to to Jeff Lowe, uh, who every time he sees anything about Mamma Mia, tweets and tags me in it. Uh, I'm not tired of that. <laughs> I want friend. I want more of that. So uh, I calculated it. I've seen, uh, not counting repeats or movies that I've club seen. comes out uh, a week from t- tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought that was like July or something. No. Yes. May 18th. Let's fucking go. Also, Deadpool 2 comes out next week. Yes. Who cares? I'm I think definitely going to see Deadpool 2. I'm going to see it, but like, who? oh, I can't. Problematic. Why? Oh, uh, TJ Miller. Miller. Yeah, but Rob Delaney's in it, and Rob Delaney's fucking awesome. I don't get Rob Delaney. Why? Because I... He's very funny. He just has a lot of followers on Twitter. That that was his thing? It's pretty much. I mean, he has a book. that His book is really good. Um, he's just like a funny person who... He also has a show on Amazon is that's it pretty like funny. Is it How to Have a Lot of Twitter Followers Forward by Darren Rovell? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, but I, I also want to see Infinity War. I'm just like... I am i can't see Infinity what War. What is... Oh, the Avengers. The, the Avengers fucking one. But Star I need Trek. to watch other fucking movies to see that goddamn movie. Oh, really? There's yeah. fucking pre-reqs? Yeah. Get so out yeah, of here. it's very annoying. Yeah, so that's stupid. That's thanks. Uh, but uh, not counting repeats or movies that we've seen in that time, because the thing with Movie Pass is you can't get your ticket uh, days in advance. Yeah. So if there's a, a like a, an a event movie, movie, right, yeah. such as like Black Panther or yeah. Fifty Shades Freed, uh, you have to. I'm kidding. Yeah, was you, like, you were making like the face of like, but I'm supporting you and going. No, along no, no, with no. This, I, but, I was actually trying to think if uh, you bought your ticket in advance for Fifty uh, Shades Freed, which that, like I would not put that past thank you. Thank you for not uh, Stephen A. Smithing me and do and just making the fucking face as Max Kellerman. No. Uh, went on. So not not counting repeats or shit that we've seen. Uh, and also screenings. Right. I, I I didn't count those either. Uh, I've seen roughly thirty five movies yeah, on Movie Pass. That's more than than me. Uh, I I that surprised me. I thought I figured that you'd see like a lot. I thought more. it would be closer because you're uh, fucking you you have a fucking better schedule. Yeah, I have way yeah. better schedule. Uh, I'm at twenty three confirmed. Wow, plus seventeen Paddington. <laughs> that's showing. true. Right, I did counting see, repeats. Yeah. I bet that you might have me beat. Yeah, that's I've only true. Seen I, a couple. I did see a Quiet Place twice too. Uh, Paddington. I saw Phantom five Dread times. One and a half times. One and a half. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. So. I have uh I have twenty three that I for sure and and I think the most surprising part of this exercise was um so like our biggest thing about Movie Pass and like the biggest value it has to us is our it lets you take a chance yeah it lets you take a chance on a movie that's like probably bad and mm-hmm. like I have a lot of friends who ask me like dude why do you fucking see all of these terrible movies yeah. and like pay money for them and I'm like well I don't pay money for them yeah because it's Movie Pass and I just I don't lose anything so why not um and bad movies are better for content yeah but the the revealing part of this exercise was that I've paid for a lot of bad movies right <laughs> that a lot of the bad movies we've seen for this podcast we seemingly did yeah. before we had Movie Pass yeah. like we've so. We were gonna go through every movie we've seen on Movie Pass and say, "Would you have? Would we have actually paid to see this?" And I realized while doing this, the, that the, the answer, answer is to yes, yes to every <laughs> single one because we paid for Fist Fight, we paid for the Emoji Movie, we fucking I paid for my believe, big fat white bachelorette party. I cannot believe that we paid for the Emoji Movie. Like I was a thousand but that percent. That was a purposeful sure. thing. Like this we need is to supposedly going to be really, really bad. Let's yeah. see it and see how bad it was. But like I, if you had asked me before I did this 
before I did this research, like, mm-hmm. at, did I see uh, the Emoji Movie on Movie Pass? I would a thousand percent said yes because, like, I've tricked my brain into thinking that I'll only see That's bad only movies. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it's not true. Movie Pass uh, ended up just being a more economical vehicle for us to continue what we were doing. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we saw the Emoji Movie mm-hmm. uh, with money out of pocket. Mm-hmm. We also saw the Belko experiment out of pocket. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw. Uh, you already mentioned it. Uh, Rough night out of pocket. What's that? That's the uh, the white bachelorette party movie. Could you say it's my full? big fat my big fat white bachelorette party? Thank you. Yes. Uh, we also saw the house, which like wasn't bad, but uh, the house was a screening. Oh, that's right. It was. Yeah. That's right. So we didn't pay out of pocket. So uh, good for us. Yeah. Um, here's so here's the list that I compiled. Um, I think we've seen most of these. There's overlap between us. So Atomic Blonde, Detroit. The Hitman's Bodyguard, Logan Lucky. No, the Hitman's Bodyguard was a screening. For you. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. I didn't bring you. Yeah, and you know, you I couldn't go. Yeah. You had, And then you had a story that you were very excited to tell, and this was in like the less good old days of brunch, and you told it, and you were really excited to tell it, and I just didn't fucking have anything to offer after that, mm. and I felt bad, because I was like, fuck, man, Pete, like, one, Pete was excited about that story, and it, like, it, the, the, it ended up being like a... It, what a shit story. fucking... Yeah. Um... <laughs> So uh yeah the uh so Logan Lucky the layover which actually as I see this now this was when I didn't know how to move, use a movie pass so you paid so for I, that yeah so I ended up fucking paying for it oh my god it's horrifying it was a screening uh yep. Kingsman Golden Circle bad uh Blade Runner 2049 was good but long it was just Gosling in a jacket The Mountain Between Us oh that was better than everyone else thought mm. uh Happy Death Day twice only the Brave. What a fucking movie. Yeah. Love Only the Brave. Uh, the Snowman. Yeah. Holy smokes, bad. Uh, we would have paid for that, though. Yeah, Jigsaw. we would have paid for that, but I will say that like having Movie Pass, it's worth its, its weight in gold just by the fact that we didn't have to pay out of pocket to see The Snowman. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jigsaw, uh, Bad Mom's Christmas, truly one of the worst movies that's ever so been made. Bad. Lady Bird, Daddy's Home 2. Oh, my God. Fucking Linda. Uh, Linda. She thought that she, they were going to get in trouble. Murder on the Orient Express. Call me by your name. The Shape of Water. The Disaster Artist. I Tanya. The Post. Ugh, worst. Phantom Thread. Parentheses. Once and a half. Uh, <laughs> once and a half. Uh, Paddington Two. Once for me. Maybe a Five couple times. more for you. Fifty Shades Freed. Uh, Black Panther was not on Movie Pass. Uh, Game Night. Death Wish. Red Sparrow. Love Simon. Ready Player One. Blockers, a quiet place, a couple times for you. Truth or dare, and rampage. So that's so I calculated that I've saved at least three hundred twenty dollars on tickets, but I guarantee I fucking we've made up for that yeah. with drinks and yeah. fuck because I was never like fucking beer at the movies guy until movie pass. Yeah, I until still I, I still a few bucks. I'm still not because I usually go in the middle of the day. Like if I go at it's night, prime beer time for me. Be depressed one time. Yeah, but yeah, but usually my plan is like I'll go watch a movie and then I'll go to the gym. I'm not trying to drink before I go to the gym. Uh, so that's where I uh, uh, I only have two movies that you weren't named by you. So that's what wild. What were they? Uh, uh, let me see. All the money in the world. Oh, was right. One of them and American Made was the other. What's American Made? The one with Tom Cruise where he plays the pilot. Oh, uh, both pretty good movies. Huh. Interesting. Uh, people uh, very much liked the last episode, which was a sign that brunch is for sure back. Because this past one, 
our just energy was fucking dead. Not because we like didn't have we anything to say. At like we were two in the morning, <laughs> so dead and tired, and both hung over in a million different ways. And uh, the uh, the playing the making everything uh, an open ended up being like a fucking super enjoyable listen. Yeah, I mean that that's credit to you because I wasn't thrilled about the episode and I never would have done it in that way and it would have just been a mediocre episode. And uh a lot of people just enjoyed the weirdness of <laughs> it being uh, a cold open the entire way well, through. Well, that's cuz in the beginning I made fun of you and you're like, "Fuck, that would have been a good open, but it's the beginning it's the of the show." Open, right. Yeah. Uh so and I guess I do deserve credit. No, yeah, I, you did. I that, that came, like, when you said that, I was like, I just put it in. And then uh, there was another joke like two minutes later. So uh, You're welcome. It, yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You guys fucking owe us because even when we're bad, we're good now. Brunch is back, motherfucker. WarbyParker.com slash brunch. That doesn't count as a read because we swore.